Yo. My guy, Yo. my guy, my guy, my guy. I think I Yo. speak for everyone when I ask, how can I get my ears on that? Hey, bro. That, that I can send you. That I can send you. That and much more you can find on How We Rockin', man. There you go. Check the SoundCloud. Link's in the description. You know how we do it, man. You know how we do it. For sure. And explain what How We Rockin' is to anybody that hasn't, uh, that's not familiar with what that would be. It's like, man, it's just me mixing up whatever I think probably the flyest hip-hop people haven't heard is. You know what I mean? And so it's about 30 minutes of just, like, no ads, just music. Like, no crazy DJ talking over the records. I feel like Suge, but, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, if you don't want no DJ talking over the records, if you don't want a Clorox commercial in the middle of your stuff, go listen Come to, to Live House. Come to Live House yeah. Productions. Come to Live House. No, it's on, um, it's on SoundCloud, man. It's just heat. That's it. Hey, bro. I, well, I appreciate it. As a music fan, having somebody that can curate music and put it together and package it well, be thoughtful about it, I, I thoroughly appreciate that. Because, like, it feels that it feels like it's a little harder to find music because of how many options we have. You're almost stuck with where to go to. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's so much. It's definitely an ocean of like options, right? In terms of artists, in terms of do I want to stay with the hottest trends, keep up with the hottest TikTok dances, you know what I mean? Or do I want to really dig for what resonates with me as far as like artistry and lyrics? Like there's so many directions you can go. And so many moods that, like, you know, we flip back and forth between. I think, you know, to give credit where credit is due, I think a lot of the people, there are definitely, you can tell in certain places, maybe not in a corporate structure, but, like, in certain places of uh, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, um, there are people that are really, that care about putting together some of these playlists, about curating yeah. some of these vibes. So there are, there They've done a really good job of putting that at people's fingertips on the platforms. But, you know, it's always going to be, it's always going to have a certain agenda, right? It's always going to circle back toward, it's always going to circle back toward like, yeah, you know what I mean? Pushing the artist that's hot and pushing, you know, the type of music that they want that people to be vibing to, to put in commercials, to, you know, sell whatever. We could talk about the commodification of Travis Scott too, but um, ooh, ooh, but ooh. I like that. Like I said, man, back to that live house, like bro, like this is this is me really just digging for like music songs that represent like uh, the best of different vibes. So you know, giving you a little bit of what the West Coast is doing with that, you know, heavy like bop dance music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you know that heavy bass with the count in, like you know it when you hear it. Um, but just finding like some of the best of the artists that are young and doing that right now and putting that representation out there, finding who's young and hungry in Memphis, finding who's young and hungry in, you know, different parts of like Tennessee and Detroit and just like, yeah, you know, there's a lot, there's so much, there's so many young, talented people that are, and I think over this year have been using quarantine as just a time to like grind on their art, which is beautiful, you know, um, and just like showcasing some of the best of that, right? So I'm listening to a lot of the the mediocrity for you to put like always, you know some of the dope stuff that those platforms don't lift up out. There's always gonna be a bunch of mediocre stuff. 
and that's just how <laughs> swimming through music is. It's just swimming through a bunch of mediocre stuff. It it seems like the algorithms and playlists have taken away from traditional crate digging for internet kids, right? Like how we used to dig for music. You go to Ear Milk, you're going to uh, Dad Pip, you're going to um, I Am One Music, if that was if that was your thing. You know, I Am One had all of those exclusive releases, you feel me? <laughs> you hey. know, you're swimming through before YouTube was where you went to go search for music, to go to go crate digging for it, and then comes, boom, algorithms. And now you're, you know, we're, we're, we're spoon-fed these playlists that have payola on top of them. So, like, what? how do you go about finding music these days? Man, I do, like, yeah, I swim through YouTube, SoundCloud, um, you know, the versions of uh, Ear Milk and I Am One that exist today, man. You were shouting out some some old veteran, some, some tools of the trade right there, bro. You know <laughs> what I mean? Those are tools of the trade. But, um, yeah, man, I just... You know, it's it's really about, for me, it's just about, um, and what I find is like, you know, the algorithm can help you as long as you know what it's doing, right? So if you throw in certain, you know, if I throw in trap, drill or whatever, Memphis, right? I get a couple of whatever, you know, I'm, I get whatever the top results are, but then the algorithm, when you look at the related on the side, you know, you can see, you know, where it pops up that same King Von that you've been seeing for the past three months, that same Meg Thee Stallion that you've been seeing for the past like year, you know what I mean? And then you can also see like, and a little tip for y'all that's like looking for the crazier the title is, if you don't understand the title, if it's lots of X's in the title, you know what I mean? If it's like they using B's as A's, that's what you want. You want to go towards that direction, you know? <laughs> Because the other thing about the, the another thing about finding music in that way, right, is that the algorithms do dictate like the you can tell the difference between somebody who's aiming at the algorithms and who's like, you know, a part of that whole music industry by the way that the titles are all formatted the exact same way. You know what I mean? Like, but when you start seeing like X instead of featuring, right? When you start yeah, yeah. seeing deviations from that like typical structure like you're headed in the right direction and so it, those things stand out in the recommended so it's about yeah you can't avoid the algorithm now so but it's about knowing how to use it how and knowing it. exactly how exactly. navigated speaking of navigating things it seems like we've navigated perfectly into the intro of this show as you were saying and welcoming absolutely everybody to the all the way live podcast for the very first time, this is uh, your boys Regila checking in with Miles Xavier. This is nothing yeah, more than a conversation sir. between two brothers, two best friends, speaking about a host of current topics and whatnot, but most importantly, the Black life and the Black experience. And how we've broken that podcast up is into three different sections where we have the stumble upon section. In the stumble upon section, me and Miles will review and talk about anything that we've stumbled upon found interesting, would love to share. From there, we put it into the currents. And in the currents, we speak about anything that is current in terms of current topics, current news, current social issues, anything that's relevant, we bring that to the forefront. And today's topic, you know you gotta stick around to find that out. You know you gotta stick around to find that out. I can't give that to you. And then last but not least, we have recommended and review. On recommended and review, me and Miles would recommend review and engage with the 
with our fans and anybody that comments on things that they suggest to us. This week we were suggested the Kevin Hart special, which Miles and I have definitely both watched. I did. I caught it. Perfect. So in that case, this recommended and review will be about that. So please engage, engage in the comments with the recommended topics, anything of that sort. Put that together. Um, we'll be reading those things. We haven't really had much, so like, you know, pull up with it. Tell us what we should be watching, what we should be listening to, what we should be reading, and um, we'll put it up and, and review it on this section. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the All Real Life Podcast. Get a get a take get a get a plate get a drink sit down if you are if you are a, a a drinker drink pull yourself up some nice if you are if you if you indulge in anything else put that to the forefront and come enjoy us on this conversation for ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen if that ain't set the tone for what you are about to experience you are now in tune man you are now in tune welcome 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 something special. <laughs> Indeed. Some 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 magnificent and loquacious like my brother is. <laughs> no, we're we're for a good episode today. I'm actually like extremely excited. We spoke earlier and um, we we were both just like, yeah, man, I can't wait to get to the pod today. I got some some stuff to get off my chest. Yeah, this gonna be fire. This gonna be fire, man. But before before we get too deep, before we get too deep, let them know, man. How you feeling? How was everything that preceded this? You know, mm. how your day been? How your week been? How's life for you as a black man? Where you at? Hey, brother. If if I'm dapping up and dapping in, um, I must say it's been a, a very busy week, but all in the right ways. I think I think uh, we're in the process of assuming more responsibilities, whether it's for this particular podcast or some of the you know, the number of things that we, that we do and, and, and manage and things of that nature is definitely a, a, a distinct feeling of more responsibilities put, being put into, uh, into, into my hands particularly. But with that being said, it feels right. And because of that, it, it, it allows me to still be very much excited and grateful to have, to have the end of my week be speaking to my brother, man. This that's that's where I'm at with it. Excitement and banter. Hey. <laughs> I see what you did there, bro. I like what you did there. Framing framing challenges as opportunities, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like even that mindset of like when a challenge presents itself, to put yourself in the mindset of like receiving it, you know what I mean? Rather than like fighting it. Like, all right, I accept this challenge, right? Even that language is important, I think. Like yeah. and I felt that from what you were saying. So I'm glad you graciously accepting all the responsibility and the challenges and opportunities that they piling on you. <laughs> oh, for sure. And one of those responsibilities is to also make sure that I ask you to dab in and tell the people exactly what you're feeling, thinking, and what type of energy you're bringing into this podcast today, my brother. I'm cooling, man. You know, I don't know how much we've spoken about it on this podcast, but we are, I feel like we be in sync, like, you know, so very much what you said, man, a lot of responsibility, a lot of, um, and I think part of feeling that is the holidays too, right? As like somebody who's getting older and more of like a pillar of your family, more somebody who's looked to, to be responsible, 
there's definitely like something about the holidays that really makes you feel like, you know, some things have to be done uh, <laughs> that aren't that aren't for you, but that need to, that absolutely, you know, need to happen or should happen. Um, just in the spirit of family and the spirit of tradition and the spirit of, you know, and it's difficult to do that in these times, right? To carry on any type of continuity with whatever traditions we were on before, you know, in the times of COVID. But yeah, man, I feel like we do feel that weight. So yeah, man, I'm in sync with you, bro. I feel definitely like, I feel that, I feel that. I feel, and I hope to be gracious as well and accepting all of, all of that lovely, lovely responsibility. You know, it's a, it's a lot of responsibility. And I feel like a lot of people in that age group are stepping into that. People having kids, people buying homes, people starting families. It's just, I guess it's just that, that time for, for this age group. It's, it's the transitional period between the, 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 between your youth, right? The, the, the late, the last parts of your true youth are ending now in your 20s. And then you started new youth, but like after that, it's not the same as, as that. It's like the end of adolescence, really. Yeah, man. It's yeah. like, uh, it definitely, you get to this place where it's just like, you look around you and it's just like, man, every, if I want, if I want, you, you, you realize like everything that you thought of as a kid, if you want that, like you have to make it happen. You know what I mean? Like if you pictured, you know, being with your family and Christmas decorations and, you know, and like lights and a great meal on the table and yeah. like somebody got to cook that. Somebody got to hang them lights up. You know <laughs> what I mean? And it's the logistics of all of that, that I think we, we, we start to feel, you know what I mean? It's if you, you know, everybody's opening gifts. Oh, damn well <laughs> you know what i mean like i'm i'm only not in charge of my gifts you know what i mean <laughs> right who's it who's ensuring the person who ensures <laughs> everybody's gifts somebody would be that hey man and and to that to that to that effect bro like uh look after the, the strong people in your life you know what i mean the holiday should also remind us like as much as you know i can feel like the, there's so much pressure to just like, you know, ensure that both that holiday experience happens that, you know, help people be safe and responsible and maintaining that um, a role much deeper than I had this, even this time last year in terms of helping my community have that same sense, you know, brothers passing out turkeys and whatnot and the long tradition of fly brothers passing out turkeys yes, in the street. Sir. Yeah, you know I mean, um, and I'm honored to do that, right? Um, so I just, yeah, man, I just see it, and I, I hope to accept it graciously, even though sometimes I know I accept it grumpily, you know. <laughs> I That's how I know I'm getting old. Some of the people in my life are calling me like grumpy now, and I, and I, and it's like endearing. I feel like in the way that they're saying it, but like I'm just like, yeah, I feel it. I, I'm getting grumpier, bro. I'm a grumpier dude. Yeah, it's not it's not even so much grumpy, it's just you you know what you like and definitely what you don't like. And so because of that, it's I have a formula that allows me to get to these responsibilities. Now if you're gonna get between me and that formula, I'm not gonna be very happy. And that may seem as grumpy because I'm tired all the time. It's not me being grumpy, it's just me really protecting my formula of handling all of this stuff. 
Yeah. And now you did that. We, we did have a conversation earlier this week um, and we were actually talking about um, the article that I'm writing, which real quick, y'all, I'm writing an article about it started off like it actually it started off as a broader paper about social media, drill music and like violence in Chicago and like just in urban areas in general. Um, and then Vaughn died and it became like, all right, well, let me write a smaller more like time sensitive piece. So I'm trying to get that out by the, by the end of, well, I'm trying to I'm just start shopping the finished product around next week. Um, but in writing that, you were like, I, I had you read it, bro. It was like, you know what I mean? And, um, and you were like, bro, you sound, we, we had a conversation about sounding angry and being tired, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and helping to like write and shine that through. Uh, so I think that's real, bro. I think, I think, yeah, as much as I feel myself like getting grumpier, I think it's more of that, like less of a tolerance for anything that I feel personally is BS outside of, you know, what I'm trying to, but then again, I also feel more open-minded, you know what I mean? But anything I know is BS, I have no tolerance for, you know? And that's what it sees. It sees as, it, it comes off as grumpy because you're tired. I'm bad. Been tired. Because <laughs> I'm tired. Hey, bro, How long you been then, tired? <laughs> but then that brings us into stumble upon, right? So talk to me about what you stumbled upon this week that is that is worth sharing to the people. Yeah. Well, so for stumbled upon, we were gonna talk Kev, right? We were gonna talk about uh the Kevin Hart special. Indeed, indeed, we can we can do that. I, I was gonna save that for recommenders and review, but I'm 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 cool with. Uh, there's a lot of entertainment, so I'm down to do Kevin Hart for the stumble upon. Cool, bet. Perfect. Bet. Have you have you heard any of the public review on the special? And also, tell me about what you thought about it. Uh, I haven't heard any like serious critical review of the special and like i didn't do that intentionally but i also do like to do that like not to pay attention to that stuff mm. but what i did see on my timeline at some point was uh what's the name Tariq nasheed you know who sure, Tariq nasheed know who is? is uh Tariq nasheed is uh if if dr umar is uh timberlands uh Tariq nasheed is a black air force one <laughs> <laughs> and he was into it with Kevin Hart and Kevin Hart actually responded to him and he was saying that it's clear that Kevin Hart uh, can't say certain things um, and you know his his ability to be unfiltered only goes so far so I did see that before I, before I, before I watched it and Kevin Hart was like basically like who are you do what you, what you do whatever that is you know yeah. what I mean so I watched it and um, man, I thought it was, I thought, so let me preface it with my thoughts on Kevin Hart. I think Kevin Hart, I think some of his first original standups are hella funny. Like I think some of his first standups are super like dope. I think going forward, you see him get more commercial and you see him try to appeal to a wider audience. And I think he does that well without losing all of the funny. I think you lose some of the 
heart and soul of it when you're really trying to be that, you know, prolific and wide mm-hmm. appealing. But I don't think he I don't think he sold out in the in the way that, you know, we think of when we think of people going pop or when we think of people going commercial. Um, and especially the way that he moves and the messaging and the way that he moves with his team. I think all of that is like commendable and not like, you know, super commercial or sellout in any way. The last special and the like the arena special, you know what I mean? That was like, it's just huge. A lot of what I've been watching from the last few Kevin Hart specials has just been appreciation for the success of that black man. You know what I mean? As much as like, sure, it's fun and it's funny. I'm a, I'm a lot of the time just sitting there watching like, I'm glad, good for Kevin. You know what I mean? Um, I thought this special was, It's, it's it's tough because he was trying, you could tell he was trying to just like, to be a little bit dirtier than he usually is. There was a few extra, you know, fucks and shits and bitches, you know, just that were kind of just seemed peppered in purposefully. You know what I mean? I'm listening to it and I'm like, and I can't, and part of it might be that we're not used to hearing Kev like that, but I think, but I think back in the day he did used to be more like that and it was a little bit more organic. I think now it seemed like he was trying to reapply the 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 curse sauce and it was like mm, mm. but there were definitely times where that allowed him to really get in his bag and really talk some grown man like funny stuff. So it reminded me of Chris Rock's Tambourine special. Interesting comparison. And it was like, uh, it was very much just this this feeling of like, it was very transparent and letting us know like where he is at this stage in life. Um, and I think I could, it was very also kind of transparent in what he was trying to do and wh- what this special was supposed to be a bridge to and like open the doors for. So it's weird to be know that and to feel that while watching it, but also for it to work a little bit. Yeah. But so I, I, so I dug it. What, what, what would you, you score it out of 10? Before I get into what I thought. A seven. A good seven. Where do you rank it in his total, on all, all of his specials? Where would you rank it? Out of the four that he's looked at out now. There's more than four out, right? There's a lot there's more than four. four. There's four official ones out there. I think what? the first one is the first one. The one that made it pop was him at the Shaq All-Star shit. So you can put that to the side. And then from there, he had uh, Laugh at My Pain. Well, there's I'm a Grown Little Man. Uh, no, sorry. I'm a Grown Little Man first. Seriously Funny. Me. Seriously Funny, Laugh at My Pain. Laugh at My Pain. And, and then, then this one. No, there's one more. I think there's one more. There's one more. There's one more. It's. Uh, I think there's one more. Uh, it's not as funny as I think, uh, serious or as funny as uh, I'm a grown little man. Maybe it's two or three. Mm. So, what second best or third best? I think the same thing, too, man. Like, when I watched it, I, I saw what he was trying to do, and I appreciated that from as a as a as an artistic attempt, you know. I, I saw it as a as an, an artistic approach to a different style of comedy and i think being able to move between styles is something that's not very easy for comedians to do and mainly because of the backlash that you get 
from switching your style up. If I recall correctly, I think Richard Pryor had a switching style as well that, you know, really made people, that, that was not received very well at first. That being said, it is one of my favorite Kevin Hart specials because I personally have not enjoyed the the last two specials very much. It did seem like it was reaching for a wider audience and I felt like it didn't pack that hard of a punch in terms of the in terms of the, the, the punchlines, right? I didn't think that they that had that much weight to them. I thought they were very cleverly written for its purpose. It's like listening to uh, Russell Russell Peters comedy. You know, Russell Peters is very neutral. That's why I can tour, tour internationally is because he has he has material that can fit almost everybody, you know? So I, I, that's what I didn't enjoy about Kevin Hart's previous specials. Bringing it to this one now, I'm, it's one of my favorites. I think I'm going to put it up there as, again, the second or third. Uh, definitely, I'm a grown little man. It's epic. Even Seriously Funny. Yeah, I put it third behind uh, Seriously Funny. Um, but out of 10, I'd give it a, a seven and a half. I think people have been very critical, unnecessarily critical. And I, and I see... I've noticed that there is a culture of rallying around people bashing that almost always exaggerates the extent of what they're bashing. Like people will really hate on something a lot further than it deserves to be hated on, but hate on, hate on it because of the fact that everybody's doing it. And then the fun becomes in hating on something. And, and then that attention is just constantly seeking to find different things to hate on. And I think Kevin Hart, for many reasons, because of how people perceive and take him as a person, um, you know, maybe upset that he cheated on his wife, maybe think that he's a corny dude, maybe think that he, hand, he hasn't handled a bunch of things very well. I can see how that would make them go into this with the expectation of wanting to hate on him and then finding a way to do that. But I don't think it's as bad as people say it is at all. I think this is, I think it's good comedy. Yeah, I also think it's 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 really like, I mean, to acknowledge. So I'm glad you acknowledged a lot of the stuff that he's been going through. Like, because I mean, the car accident—that's a real thing. That's a traumatic experience. That's something that like you have to heal from as a person, right? Physically and mentally. Like, you know, having, yeah, you cheated on your wife, but also having to deal with a sex scandal whatever that means like yeah bro like having to deal with that and the pressure of that like to yeah sir you i'm sure like there's a conversation to be had about you know responsibility and putting yourself in those situations um but i think to come out on the other side of that and to put this special out i think during covid when people are struggling to figure out what to do with comedy you know and and to keep keep comedy going in a sense you know what i mean like not that kevin hart's the only person doing that but i think it's it's big for him to put out a special in this climate and to make something happen um so yeah i think i think that seven is you know and one you shoot free throw you know yeah, we'll see what yeah. you do next and you you know maybe this will age well age to an eight you know for sure for sure and that and that kind of leads us into our current topic which yeah. i'd like you to introduce because it's 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 a very interesting topic and why did you how did you come up on this topic 
Man, so this isn't so I feel like this is important, man. So and it was crazy because, you know, I came up to it just like how everybody else came up to it, man. It was on Instagram and I scrolled past, you know, a little flyer that was said Jeezy and Gucci uh, for the verses. Uh, if you don't know what Versus is, it's essentially this series that is uh, being put together by Timbaland and Swiss Beats, and where they have, yeah, where they have artists um, play records from their catalog, just to as a as a demonstration of like basically how fire their catalog is, and you know, unofficially people decide who they feel like won, right? Um, Great explanation. So, Jeezy and Gucci are two hip hop artists who have a long history, a over a decade, almost two decade history of uh, confrontation. You did <laughs> to, to, uh, say, to say the least. Yeah. So, I mean, without being too messy, but just to demonstrate like the level of seriousness we're talking about, like. Uh, lives were lost um and i think it's important i think i do have to like just give a little bit of detail um from from what i know but there was an altercation that resulted from the disagreement between these two gentlemen that resulted in the death of one of uh young jeezy's close friends right and since then the two have continued to have words and gucci has put in some of his songs uh lyrics about those altercations not being being anything but remorseful about the death of Jeezy's homie, right? It's, Is that fair to say? It's, impo it's important to also note that the person who allegedly took that person's life, took young Jeezy's friend's life, is Gucci Man. Right. Yeah. Legend has it that he shot, he 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 killed the guy came in intruded intruded to assassinate Gucci. Gucci shot back, killing the dude. A, that is that is the alleged story. Cool. So with that foundation, just to understand like what the what the the background of this story is. So to see them doing the verses together um, after post quarantine, where presumably they could they will be in the same room, and we later found out that they would be right, and they were um, is was big, right? That's like whoa, you know what I mean. Um, so I wanted to talk about how that went. I thought it was an important demonstration of like a lot of just things and a and a critical just something I want to acknowledge and highlight in this moment of our culture in terms of hip hop um, being so steeped in negativity with so much you know just loss and just whack trash that's happened this year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. You know, rest in peace, Pop Smoke, rest in peace, rest in peace, King Von, rest in peace, Mo3, rest in peace, uh, man, rest in peace. I don't even know if I'm, I'm blurring my years at this point, but Juice World, um, you Juice know, World like. Last year. I mean, still, you know, rest in power Lucy to that brother, shot, man. Like, Benny the Butcher gets shot. Nipsey yep. Hussle was recently. Yup. Meg the Stallion got shot by Tory Lanez, like. There's just so much trash that has happened this year. And it's just like, man, you know? Um, and so I thought this was an important moment to highlight. But real quick, just like, what were your thoughts on it, man? Did you see it? Did you, how did you come across it? I 
You told me I had to watch it. Is how I came across it. <laughs> I was like, that was I the first you heard it. of it. No, it wasn't the first I heard of it. Obviously, I, uh, you know, I, I heard. Um, I knew, I knew the battle was coming. I'm familiar with the history of these two gentlemen. Like you had said, man, it was. Listen, let me see. We're trying to jump in. We need to get that face. So um, I was listening to. I've, I've been familiar with Gucci for a while. That was easy for a while. And so I understood the gravity of this moment in hip hop where these two hip hop legends who notoriously had this fallout were going to get on to the same stage for the first time. And that's something that was completely inconceivable not that many years ago because of the fact that of the legend story that you put out. So watching that, it was apparent to me that those feelings are clearly whatever transpired between these two gentlemen was clearly something that was that both find it very hard to move past, to move past. But because of what's happening now in hip hop, I respect the attempt to show as much peace and forgiveness and, you know, humanity towards each other that they did, that they show. There were definitely moments in that when I was watching, I was like, oh, <laughs> this might, this might get ugly. This might get ugly. It didn't. It, it didn't make me feel, at, you know, at ease watching it. It definitely was a tense thing to watch. But I think it just speaks to if something that we've all known to be this tense in the situation can get to a place where these dudes are on stage listening and dancing to each other's music and, and and bigging up each other and things of that nature, man. I think that says a lot about what hip hop can accomplish. It just sucks that we're at a place now where a lot of the stuff that you're talking about is happening. Like stars are shooting women, niggas are shooting women in the foot, dudes is dying, there's overdose, we're still dealing with, we're still dealing with addiction issues, we're still dealing with uh, uh, gun issues, violence issues, women abuse issues. There's, there's a whole host of things that we're dealing with, but I think it speaks to the time. I think we're at a time right now where, um, we're at a time right now where the youth is really, the youth is acting out. And it happens. That's not yeah, unique I mean, to the U.S. No, for sure. I mean, I feel like the youth are responding to, you know, their environment, right? They're, exactly. they're responding to being backed into a corner um, and responding violently to violence right to to structurally deny somebody housing and an education and health care is violence right and that's what's happened yeah, that's what has happened to these communities right but um man so watching the Jeezy and gucci thing man so one thing i just wanted to just like when i'm watching it and just to paint the picture bro so like for me, um, I have on social media, I have like a small, like, so like there's a small group of people from high school that it's mostly sisters. It's just mostly, you know, and it's just before, like, I know how that sounds, but it's like, you know, it's just mostly just, just different. Mostly women are mostly the people that I continue to follow on social media. I think a lot of the dudes from high school I have unfollowed over the years for posting trash or just 
you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> but not fitting into this group of women I was trying to put together. <laughs> nah, but like, honestly, and I, I don't know. I don't know how you feel, but I definitely, when I scroll my timeline, I feel like women typically post more substance. Guys would just be like, you know, when guys be on social media, you know, it'd just be like, uh, whatever, jokes and memes. And sometimes it'd be funny, but it'd just be whatever. But anyway, I digest. Uh, I love me some substance. Yeah, right? I love me some mm-hmm. substance. So a lot of the females that I follow on social media even were hyped about Jeezy and Gucci, which is something that, for me, Gucci has always been just like an anomaly in terms of his female following for you know, how street his music is and sounds, right? Um, and it's like a but, devout following, too, by the way. Like, yeah. women that listen to Gucci listen to all of Gucci. Yeah, you know what I mean? Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm seeing, like, all these females hype about it, which just says to me that this, this, that this event is huge, right? You know what I mean? So I tune in and watching it, like you said, bro, it was tense the whole time. Me, like, I'm just sitting there, like, I could, like, as a dude who's been in the rooms with tension, that was a room of, it's thick, you can cut it with a knife, you can slice it, you can take something out the air, put it on some bread. It was tension, bro. Like, and to be watching that and to see, like, so I'm looking, you know, almost, you know, as if I'm there, like, for signs that this might go left, because of what we, all the things that have happened this year, I'm like, man, I hope they had a opportunity to have a conversation. I'm sure, that I know, we know now that they did, right? Um, but, you know, I'm just sitting there watching it, like, please don't let this go left. You know what I mean? So I'm caught up in the tension of watching it. And long story short, bro, Jeezy played, or Gucci played uh, one of his diss records, two of his diss records yeah. to Jeezy that talk very specifically about the situation, right, that we spoke about. Um, and, bro, I'm watching that, and I'm still thinking to myself, please don't let this go left. Please don't let this go left. And then add and, a commentary to the end of that, by the way. Yeah, bro. And his rap and the lyrics in his face, like, you know what I mean? Very poignantly, you know what I mean? Um, and I don't even, and, like, so... We also have to acknowledge, like, the realness of situations of, like, we don't know the whole story. We don't have all the information. So, however justified Gucci might feel in expressing himself that way toward Jeezy, we don't know everything that's behind that. So, I'm not trying to judge that man. But in watching that, I'm saying, I'm seeing him as putting this, taking this to a place where it could potentially go left, right? I'm seeing Jeezy or Gucci being an aggressor in that, right? And at this point, like, Jeezy gets up and his response is to say, Gucci, yo, I brought you here to take knowledge and to show that we are bigger than the culture. You know what I mean? That, or that we are the culture, that, you know, that the culture is bigger than our problems. You know what I mean? And we represent that and we have an opportunity to do something amazing here. You know what I mean? And so response, and him responding in that way was dope and I'm like wow you know what I mean like that like and then so he plays a completely unrelated song right dope 
you know, well, not unrelated. He plays uh like realist nigga or some shit like that to emphasize to emphasize like that's some real shit. You know what I mean? To rise above this beef. Gucci doubles down and plays the follow up this record. You know what I mean? Bringing it back to that level. And essentially, Jeezy just go continue like I'm sure it's feeling away. Can't not right if you lost somebody behind this. So, but essentially, it keeps it level headed and keeps it cool, right? And what that showed me, and the whole point, the whole reason I really wanted to talk about this was because what that said to me is that what we need to happen is for so many people. We're asking, we're asking that of so many people when we talk about violence, when we talk about, I mean, but even stepping up in, in a variety of ways across government, across, you know, communities, across, we're asking people to be that stand up of a person, not where you show signs of being willing to do the right thing and everybody immediately goes, yeah, you did it. You passed the test. We lift you up on our shoulders. We carry you up out this mug. Like where you might turn to do the right thing and have somebody double down on saying, fuck that. You know what I mean? Like, and put you in a position where you have to be like, wow. Like, what am I really like? I tried to do the right thing. And this somebody just basically like spat in my face. Like, what am I going to do now? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's a different decision to make the right, to make the right choice again after somebody takes it there after you've tried to do the right thing. And we're asking people to do that. We're asking people to be that strong. Like I said, when we ask people to end violence, when we ask people to step up in positions of power, when we ask people to, and I'm, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't do that and it doesn't excuse any type of behavior that it's not that, but I think we need to understand and point out examples of, wow, that's, no, that's solid. That's yeah. real solid. You know stand-up I mean? is what it is. It's very, very stand-up. And it does set a great example in terms of ways to approach, ways to approach energies on your ways, on your way to forgiveness, right? Because like, just because you have the right intention to be able to forgive somebody doesn't mean that person is, 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 you know, contractually obligated to reciprocate whatever feeling you want in that moment. That's not true. Like people will fight. People, like you said, will spit in your face. And watching Jeezy handle that in that manner, I thought it was very, very gentleman-like of him. He's very gentleman-like. It got no love in the streets. However, <laughs> I think the really? streets, right? Yeah, I think the sentiment, and I could be wrong here, but I think the sentiment was that um, Gucci you know, sunned him and also, and also just Gucci sticking to his, his guns is more, bro, but that makes sense. Like the hood loves hood shit like that, dude. That's interesting because again, and I, and I, like I said, I follow, it's mostly females, right? But just to put a, a rap on the story. So after that, at the very end, Jeezy again goes right before, and Gucci puts on his coat, like he about to leave and shit like that. And I and I hate to like, and again, I want to emphasize, like, we don't know the facts behind this. So however he felt and however he acted, like, no, ain't nobody trying to judge him for that. But what I'm saying is to emphasize that Jeezy again reached out and said, hey, we could do, the, we could do something here that would be really big. And this would be a huge moment in this time. And then they turned around and played So Icy, so right? Icy. So, and then Gucci goes back and says, well, you extended the olive branch and I accept it. 
So that's how we got to the place of it being ending on a positive on a positive note. What I saw in my timeline, but again, it's mostly females, was love for Jeezy. Was was love for Jeezy on the tip of extending that olive extending that olive branch of rising above in terms of like, you know what I mean? Whatever, on the some Michelle Obama, like when they go low, we go high type stuff. And then also for bigging him up for his statements about saying like um we could do a Gucci was like, let's do a jewelry battle. And Jeezy was like, let's do a real estate battle. You know what I mean? For those comments. Yeah. Right. Like talking like some on some entrepreneurial stuff. And so all I saw after and the after effect was love for Jeezy. But maybe again, maybe that's good. Because women got more sense than niggas. Yeah. Like that. Hey bro. I think that's uh I think that's a how do you feel about that point, that that topic? I feel like we covered that topic quite well. Yeah, well, I think it rolls us right into, man, some, and we can keep riding this current, man. It brings us into something like just talking about that moment of just seeing that and being able to take something so positive from a night focused on hip-hop, you know what I mean? Like, that Gucci Jeezy battle is huge. Like, there were, and I should have mentioned this earlier, but it was 1.6, 1.7 million people watching that. Damn, I was gonna ask you on what the numbers Instagram. For that were. Yeah, on Instagram, one point, and so it was also on Apple Music. So you got over one point five million people tuned in to watch that, and so seeing that was like, wow, bro, like, and it just put me in this place of like wanting to be appreciative of even in this moment of like uncertainty, even in these strange times, even with so much going on outside that you know shows us that we are not in anything close to a society that's equal that cares about the rights of everybody that is interested in you know providing opportunity for as many people as we can with the prosperity that we've achieved and acknowledging the history of how we got here and who the people are both black native american everybody who's built this country like You know, um, despite all of that, we're also in this time of just some amazing, some amazing things happening, some amazing opportunities. So the fact that Swizz and Tim could build up versus and make that the one of the dopest like platforms that's come out of quarantine, like, you know what I mean? Like out of us being put in this situation, like I don't see anything else that is so that was truly born out of that, that is so fly and prolific with 1.7 million people tuned in. I don't see it. I see news media struggling. I see people scrambling to figure out how they're gonna do content online. And I see black folks thriving in that, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Some of the other things that I've just been seeing is like, I know we spoke a little bit on Halloween, but there was like four or five like, horror movies that with like majority black casts you know what i mean that were coming out doing things bad hair was about like like basically a haunted weave like there was um the south african movie eight there was um i think it's called his house was another was another black horror movie um there were a few that came out this year and they were campy and they weren't all trying to be you know, they were, some of them were trying to have like a social justice message within them as well. But like, just that to see black folks getting these opportunities is something that I hope people 
are also encouraged by, right? Um, and I feel like there's there's even more stuff. Chappelle being the person to talk after sure. the election, you know what I mean? To put when again, I think we mentioned this also on a previous episode because we'd be on top of shit. But like for Dave to be, you know, the person that the the world, the nation wants to hear from, you know what I mean? Um, after an election to put him on Saturday Night Live when all the, with, I'm sure, millions of people watching, right? Um, I think that there's just, I think there's just so much that we can be, there's a, there's a couple, and a lot of this is entertainment and for recommended, I've got some books for y'all so we can, we can keep it balanced. But um, there's been, we've got, uh, there's a show, the, the Trial of the Chicago Seven, right, which was by Aaron Sorkin, so he's a white dude, but just to tell that story that involves the Black Panthers, that involves, that talks seriously about justice and injustice and injustice within the system of justice, right? Um, you've got Trial 4, another dope movie that's, or, yeah, it's a movie that's on Netflix. It's a, it's a documentary on Netflix, Trial 4. Gotcha, yeah. Man, there's, I mean, I'm just saying there's content, there's stories being there told, um, and it's a, I wanted to just put the positivity of that moment out and for like anybody who's a creator that ever checks this out is watching this bro like keep going keep going doors are doors are opening you know what i mean mm. to tell our stories and so like run 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 there's um there's a theory that i've there's a theory that i've been hearing a lot about over on this side of the world where it is the reason black people have mastered the communications on the internet is due to the fact that they stem from the beginning of, of civilization. And so by virtue of being the first people that the first the first account of man stemming from Homo sapiens that were found in the cradle of mankind, which is within Southern Africa, that is where communications would have stemmed from that is where the beginning the beginning stages of 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 interaction and communication as we know it would have stemmed from and so because of the fact that that has been something that has been prevalent in african and black communities for a long time their concept of language is the concept of communication is so much more um is, is, is so much more higher which is why it can also be um which is why it can also be shown in dance and in and in song, like black people can communicate through body movements. That's a that's a that's a different level of of communication and interaction that is not commonly found. Let me not say not commonly found, but is not as 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 widespread of a talent. Like black people are talented, naturally talented with those with those forms of communications with their bodies. And so, when when we speak on when we speak on iconic moments and, and the importance of, of, of black crowds and, and black audiences in these, in these moments, you know, um, one of the theories is, is that theory, which I thought was, which I thought was pretty fly. It's like, that's why there's so much black presence on social media. It's not like a massive Indian presence. You know what I mean? We're not quoting and like, that's worldwide. Like we're not quoting memes off from, it doesn't move that way, but like a lot of black is culture. Is there a Instagram? Is there like a Bollywood Instagram that we don't know about? That would be lit. That actually that would be, be so lit. 
That would that's, be super that I lit. I am positive there is. Is that where India in the Box came from? Oh, the, <laughs> I want to talk to you about <laughs> India in the Box. Oh, uh, finish your finish your point, and then we can tell that story real quick. That's a funny story. No, no, that was the, you know the point. Pretty much is wrapped up, but it was just something that when you're talking about when you're talking about all of these iconic black moments that we've had, specifically within the period of of, of the pandemic, it's always, it's been led by black content on the internet. You know, like it's been yeah. led there, and I was just drawing the string between. A, a theory that I've that I've that I've recently stumbled upon and uh, and that fact. Yeah, real quick, I just want to tag on to the end of that. So, like, I haven't heard that theory, but in writing my paper, I came across a uh, an article and some data that was saying that black youth put out, I think, either two or three times as much content uh, on certain in terms of social media, in terms of creating it rather than consuming it, than at, than the next closest group, right? Which is white people, I think. Um, unless there is uh, a Instagram, in which case we need to we need to find out. But real quick before we tell that story, because I, I, I that is a kind of a funny story. Uh, I just wanted to acknowledge that in terms of like amazing black moments, like we have a half black vice president, so that's a whole thing. Um, and then what's going? Yeah, first female vice president. So. We also have um, Stacey Abrams moving mountains in Georgia, making votes happen, making things like, you know, just the the flipping of that state blue and the push behind getting people registered to vote, getting people engaged in the political process. Like, I, I mean, just those two women, I think, are also need to be held up um, in terms of what I was mentioning. And also a, a dope ass real life departure from like the entertainment dopeness that I was talking about before. Mm. But man. So we was at this wedding in India, right? <laughs> Go ahead, bro. You take it from there. You know what? On this one, we're gonna have to save these stories for the Patreon. We'll let we'll let people know that there's a we have a, a Patreon story awaiting any of the subscribers that involves an Indian wedding, blood, a bed full of throw up. An Indian Yo. version of Roddy Rich's The Box on stage live with the DJ. Maybe, maybe, nah, I'm not, you know what, I, I'm not going to get into that. I'm going to keep that. I'm gonna see. Yo, yeah, man, I was going to cut, I was going to give him the director's cut, but we, sh- we could give him the whole story and say that. That's a good, that's a whole pot to itself. For sure, for sure. After talks on uh, on Patreon, our Patreon's gonna be coming soon, so we gotta gotta get that yeah. up and running. Cool. Well, yeah, man. You know, I didn't I didn't want that to be rent time, but I just like positivity, positivity. I appreciate, I appreciate that. Shit. Yeah. I appreciate that. It's a good way to pick up to pick up the the energy into the last into the last topic, and it's a good it's a good note to move to, which is. Recommended and reviewed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we stole the Kevin Hart topic from here. Yeah. But I think I, I think placing that at the front, I fuck, I messed with that. We nah, didn't do it on purpose. But, you know, sometimes you don't plan a reverse layup. Defense is coming. Got to do something with the ball. Spin it off that backboard. Here we are. Recom- recommended and reviewed.
my my recommended right now, or better yet, my my review is the damn. You really stole Kevin Hart from me. I got you. I got you because I got confused in pre-pro because I also had um, these recommendation. I told you. I mentioned I had these books for y'all. You gonna right. get some literature for your head tops. Um, we can kind of, you know, so you know the uh, in my crib, right? I've got the three, the three vinyls up in the hallway, right? I got Kid Mad City, Lupe Fiasco, and Reasonable Doubt. And Reasonable Doubt, right? Um, and those were just three albums that just really resonated with me, and were just a huge part of my journey in terms of hip hop. Um, and so this. Over the past year and a half, um, I've been a lot of I've been doing a lot of work related reading, but um, I also came across as a part of that like these three books that I think together, right, really um, both resonated with me, but are also really important for anybody who would be seriously trying to understand what's happening in Chicago, both how we got here from a historical perspective and what is like what is currently what is currently happening so um the first of those is eve ewing's ghosts of the ghost in the schoolyard right um and that's a book about the closing of chicago public schools the largest public school closing in the history of the united states 49 schools were closed most of them that housed black and brown students right um, that was a result and kind of played into, or was, yeah, it was a result of the largest public housing closure, which dislocated thousands of families, again, mostly black and brown, um, when they closed all the projects and just destroyed the project buildings in Chicago, right? So she does a really good job of, in a very human way, weaving that story together, talking about the closure of schools talking about the way that schools are measured, right? A lot of what I've talked about on this podcast has definitely been influenced by that book in terms of like the way that we evaluate schools and what a school is supposed to be. So that book was just super deep in understanding the history that has been structurally violent against Chicago's kids. And then that book kind of rolls and pairs tightly with, um, there's another one called Views from the Streets by Roberto Absol. Right. Who, that sounds very familiar. It sounds very familiar because of the Drake album and because Views from the Streets is a kind of generic title. Ghost in the Schoolyard is going to be the best of these three titles. I promise you that. Look, I think they're trying to get people's attention to read them. So these are the other two titles, Views from the Streets. And the next one, get ready. Ballad of the Bullet. We're a little corny with those. I got to say it. Bullet. Oh, my goodness. I got to say that. But Views from the Streets is essentially about, uh, it's a, so the author gets, he, so he, he does a really good job again of weaving that story um, and from a historical perspective, but also talking about gangs and how our idea of gangs and like these huge groups that are all, you know, it's these huge factions and maybe there are three or four different gangs in a city and you know, they run their territory and they sell all these drugs and how that is a part, 
part of it is has been propaganda and uh, uh, most of the rest of it has faded away over time right so it's not as lucrative to sell drugs anymore there aren't these street open air drug markets that where kids are getting paid to like to move drugs in the way that they were during the crack era right there's there's not the same organizational hierarchy of gangs where you've got you know big homies and people that are checking people people aren't getting jumped in there's no violations to you know for doing specific acts and he frames that in a way that doesn't necessarily depict that as the chaos of just like you know gang youths that are you know wilding out and you know what i mean he does a very good job of indicating that drawing the line between that closing of public housing the fracturing of those gangs the democratization of gangs and the and smaller groups and how they operate so just giving people a much clearer picture of how gangs and violence actually operate um and does a good job of like interviewing like definitely youth definitely kids that that are at risk right and definitely involved in this stuff um from a very humanitarian perspective again and then the third book is um ballad of the bullet by force ballad of the bullet what was the most surprising what was the most surprising fact you got from uh, uh, school, Ghost in the Schoolyard? The most surprising fact? Um, or, 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 or realization that you made while reading that? Yeah, well, I, I, so all, all three of these books, I think for me, really gave me historical context for things that were happening around me that I, I didn't have the political awareness to understand, right? So I saw my friends in Chicago moving schools. I remember when it became this, I remember the influx of people that when the projects were closed that were constant, constantly like had an unstable housing situation, right? And we're waiting yeah. on those things to either like the promises made in terms of what would be done for them to provide housing to come through, which in a lot of cases they didn't. Um, and like, so I remember a lot of those things. And so all three of these books really just like gave me the historical facts around the fluctuations in my, in my own life. And that I've seen, you know, just growing up in my generation, they're all very current. So from Ghost in the Schoolyard, like I didn't, I didn't know that 49 schools were closed. Right. And I didn't know that that was, you know, I, 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 and a lot of people that, were paying more attention. A lot of older people, a lot of parents, right? Already knew these things. So it wouldn't be super surprising to them, but to anybody who's on the outside, just going like, man, what's going on in Chicago, right? You might not know that they closed all these schools because they were under-resourced and underutilized, right? Well, whose responsibility is it to make sure that they have resources? Resources and are utilized. You know what I mean? So, so, it was it was more than anything surprising. It was just a clarity that it brought to my own experience. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, that's that's fly though. That's fly, and it kind of reminds me of um, there's there's another book that has a similar, and it might it might be, I'm pretty positive it's a book that you recommended to me as well. But in the in the line of in the line of recommending books, I think you have one more book you wanted to recommend. Yeah. Real please, quick, please. Ballad of the Ballad of the Bullet is about um, 
And it's kind of the impetus for the larger paper that I initially started writing that became this article on Vaughn. Um, but it's about drill music and how, like, just in, in so many ways, and it goes back to what we were talking about before, about how Black youth interact with social media so differently and have been able to build, like, and a term that he coins in the book is micro-celebrity, right? Yeah. And so just enough clout, right, to be able to move around, to be able to find housing, to be able to find, you know, small opportunities for, you know, features, to get a little bit of cash and to live your life based on, you know, those different opportunities that are provided from being an artist and then the people that support that, right? So you have somebody in the click that does video, that shoots the videos. You have somebody that edits the music. You have somebody who's really just the, somebody who is just a part of the community that stands on a block that, that holds yeah. down their representation. And that's a part of their click that validates all the things that, you know, the artist says in the music, right? So it just really breaks down how, like, again, we are constantly underestimating black kids and how they've been so brilliant in taking whatever that we've left them in terms of resources and making that into a an opportunity. And so the point of the article that I'm writing and something that I think the book really said to me was that before we judge these kids for this, for what they've created in terms of music in terms of drill, what have we created for them where they can be themselves? What have we provided and given them access to, you know what I mean, where they can, you know, and we was going to say, we we're going to say, just talk about the paper, but you know what I'm saying? When you, when you writing, we, we hear now, but like, you know what I mean? What have we, what have we done for these kids where we haven't told them, but you have to cover up your tattoos. You have to pull up your pants. You have to turn your music down. You have to talk like this. You know what I mean? Like well, these kids created themselves. a space. Yeah, these kids created a space to not only where they could be themselves when the rest of society counts all of those things about them against them, but they found a way to get paid to, man, get off these kids, bro. Come on. Yeah. That's it. End of I rant. Think the, I think the issue, the issue comes in how do you solve the violence, right? And we'll, we can speak about that more so on the King Von topic. Um, undoubtedly, these kids need more outlets. I don't think there's enough resources that are tailored to these outlets. In fact, the brilliant the brilliance of of these kids comes from the fact that the support and systems that they have around them to become these celebrities, um, creative celebrities, is actually a testament to the resilience. Because like, they they don't they don't have access to these. They don't have a lot of the access that would make this process easier for people you know there's there's a lack of resources in those communities all across the board so a lot of times people are just diying it you know so that is that 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 is pretty fly that is pretty fly if we're doing recommendations and reviews on the book section then i would definitely have to i'm i'm finishing sapiens right so i have to recommend sapiens I am not sure if we spoke about this on the move on the podcast before, but Sapiens is Yuval Noah and speaks on essentially the history of humankind, how we have gone to where we are, the evolutionary steps that we have taken to get to where we are, the explanations and reasonings behind the way things have become, things such as politics, where do those stem from, um, capitalism social order religion where do all of those things stem from and just kind of taking the history behind that so 
that is the second time I read that book. I love that book. It is always, always such a good and fun, informative read. And I think now we are about to read The Color of Money. Yeah. Yeah. What about, really what about Obama's book? I'm thinking about downloading that and then reading that on my laptop. I'm uh, reading that on my phone. Yeah, I would love if he... I, that would be something I would love to listen to, especially if he recorded it. That would I'm be sure lit. He will. That would be super lit. But... Um, I'm sure he will. Yeah, man. It'll be really interesting to read. Although, yeah, shout out Lil. Lil bought it and has been flipping through it and already sending me snippets of just like... Bars. I love him, but he could be... He could be wording... He, he could be using stronger wording. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's just really interesting to um, to think about like who Obama is, what he represents, and what he can do now, right? And and it'll be. I hope I hope there's a little bit of uh, acknowledging some of the criticisms that we might have of him. Um, that would be what I want to read. Get that would be what I want to get. And also, anytime uh, a black man has has reached that stature by a road filled with with uh, with triumph and challenge, I'm always interested to hear their mindset. You know, despite what, despite what, what people might feel of the politics as as a black man and the achievements that he has that he has reached, that's something that I'm always interested to to hear from. And from the women that I know that have met him and interacted with this dude, they all say he is the smoothest criminal. <laughs> this dude apparently just floats like butter. Mr. Mr. Charm on wheels is, is what he is. So, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to get like that. I'm trying to <laughs> peep some game. Big facts. Big facts. I think, uh, I think what you just said spoke a lot to even a topic we could probably discuss further is like, uh, black heroes, right? Especially black for like, heroes. for men and women. And, and, you know, when we look at who, we have to choose from as heroes, right? Accepting them and their flaws, accepting them. I think being black forces you because people are so heavily critical of black people that reach any type of high stature to accept your heroes and their and their flaws, right? You know what I mean? Cointelpro dug up all the dirt on MLK, Malcolm X, put it all the dirty laundry out. And as black people, I think with all of our heroes, right, all of the people that we lift up, there's a high level of scrutiny. We have to, we've always had to navigate, like, you know, accepting more of people than I think certain other, I think certain other public figures and heroes and people that get lifted up that aren't black sometimes, you know, just kind of get to skate by without a lot of examination of who that person might be and what they might actually represent. I think we have to face that. <laughs> A hundred percent. So what would you say is some of our black heroes then? Is some of what? Think, who would you say are some of our black heroes? Because when I think of black heroes, I'm thinking Jay. I'm thinking uh, Beyonce. I'm thinking Drake. I'm thinking really what I'm equating hero, heroism in this sense is people that have broken the ceilings that black people have previously had on top you know anyone that's been able to bust through that ceiling and then open up room for more more success to be 
within the black communities, I consider that some heroic acts. So um, I'll put that in there. A lot of it is, is entertainment-based, but LeBron James, dude, I think LeBron James is a black goddamn superhero, dude, doing it with no dad, you know? Like, if you think about the, the mental challenges that and Michael Jordan went through when he lost his dad, and then think about LeBron James never having a dad and his accomplishments, you know, I think that's that's some heroic stuff. This dude's huge. His dunking, his intelligence, he's he's articulate. He had all the pressure coming into him. He's he's money wise. He's a diplomat. He's socially conscious. He's building schools. Like <laughs> who else? Everything they expect you to be. Dude, dude, <laughs> likewise, bro. Likewise. Yeah, and I think. And man, this, I mean, this conversation runs real deep because we're going to have a conversation about like heroes that we've gotten to witness personally within our lifetime, right? And I, I think a lot of that would be more entertainment-based, I think, because our culture has shifted to just lifting up more uh, heroes related to like entertainment. But um, I mean, there's also, there's always, always room to acknowledge, you know, the the heroes of the past, right? The Angela Davises, the uh, Stokely Carmichael's, Kwame Ture the um you know all the people get fuck out of here (laughs) i'm real mad i don't like mention i think that nigga is an important cultural reference point but i'm mad you threw his name in there with those those people he would love to more gifts fuck out of here donations (laughs) more donations but yeah i think speaking in the times that we have right now right um i mean just as somebody moving around Chicago, like Eve Ewing, the author of that book, uh, Ghost in the Schoolyard, has been, become one of my heroes, right? You know what I mean? Just in terms of the way that she's both able to write and convey experience, um, you know, that, that yeah, I mean, to anybody that can write to provide clarity on, on, on my own life and with such care for the spaces that I love, like, you know, and is doing so on a high level and touching people, like, I'm man, like she's become one of my heroes. Uh, Dr. Franklin Kozigay, who is like a mentor of mine, is one of my heroes for sure, just as a black man um, who holds down a family, holds down his community in so many ways. Um, I'm, I'm personally like super blessed to be like surrounded by people in my profession who like I defer to as like heroes and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and back to black heroes in general i mean you've got kobe you've got ava duvernay you you know you've got uh i mean rest in peace to chadwick boseman just in terms of representation that's a that's a beautiful amazing thing um yeah man what i'm I'm loving this cg is a lot of a lot of young people of color taking it upon themselves to make the difference that they want to see i'm seeing a lot of people be led towards impact when it comes to their profession, when it comes to how they choose to spend their capital, when it comes to the, the, the social issues that they, that they deem important. It's, it's, it shows an ability for our, our generation to think beyond just ourselves and accumulating for just us. Like the concept of, of, a, a greater good is very prevalent in in the in in the, this generation, particularly people of color. You know, seeing how quickly we take up arms and 
react and respond and it's always for the greater good of everybody else and i think that's some fly stuff man. i think that's I, I think this generation is full of black superheroes I think. I think so too man i think i think this this time that we're in is full of extremes and i think it's so easy and necessary to pay a lot of attention to the negative extremes because if those are the ones that if they get even any more out of hand than they are now we're in real trouble um but i think that there are some real positive extremes going on you know what i mean i think um yeah for people of color i think the moves that are being made i'm always hesitant to put politicians in the conversations of heroes but i mean again you know to have a black uh and a south asian female vice president um, the moves that AOC is making, I think those are, I think those are amazing extremes, right? Of uh, even, I mean, even you, but and it's so reflected everywhere, right? Even just watching the the stand that Joe Budden is taking for creators in terms of being independent with what is the largest black podcast, right? Besides maybe Michelle's, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I see, I see that demand for better and the acknowledgement that there is an opportunity for change we're not so prone to just accepting like this is how it is and it's always yeah. going to be that way you know what i mean like who going to change it you know what i mean i think a lot of us you know naively or not are saying i got this i got it i mm-hmm. got it and with that, a- and with that, as mm-hmm. people that have got this, we bestow that energy into everybody else. You too have got this. The power to be able to make things change is so much easier and closer than you think it is. It's never a faraway thing. It's always like just thoughtfulness on behalf of one other person. Just another person. That's it. That's yeah. all it takes. That's it, in fact. You don't know how easily you can make somebody's day and that can give them the energy they need to go be great and can make you feel good to go be great. You know what I mean? I was telling you the other day, a woman from my last job, this was over two years ago, I was in the elevator and just this beautiful older black woman steps in the elevator and she looks at me and looked at her and she goes, Jesus loves you. And she walked out the elevator and I'm not a particularly religious person, but she meant that. And I felt that. And that took three seconds. That's it. That's all. That's it. Mm -hmm. No, no, man. No, no. I think we gave him, I think we gave him quite a show. We did what he, we did what he, we did made it do what he do. We made it do what he do. I think we gave him quite a show and you know, I, I, know we got to do this at the beginning of the podcast and it's something i'm gonna have to remember to keep doing but like comment subscribe to the all the way live podcast so we can keep y'all updated on the latest videos on the latest uh movements you know this is a production house so content coming through um subscribe so you can make sure that we can hit you with that head top um check out those how we rockins on the miles xavier soundcloud Give those a like, rock with it, shoot the recommended, anything about that. 
engage with us, grow with us, laugh with us, live with us, man. And my brother, go big me up, even though I messed up the structure of the podcast. I'm so touched. <laughs> I appreciate you, man. I love you. We live. Can't do this we thing without you. Live, Can't do this thing without you. Wouldn't try, man. Wouldn't Likewise, try. Look. Man. Look, man, unless there's anything else. I mean, a lot of music came out this week. You know what I mean? Go support Magda Stallion. Go support. Um, go check out that Buster Rhymes if you haven't listened to that yet. Um, go check out, uh, man, a lot of music came out. I'm blanking on some other stuff. St. Like, John that, came that, out. That, that St. John, that new Meek, you know what I mean? Go listen to that. Um, yeah, man. And definitely, definitely check out How We Rockin', man. You know what I mean? Um, it's hustle music, man. 30 music of some of the hip hop that, that hits that you ain't heard. But, um, brother? My guy. You know, and I know, we know, we know, we know, we know. It's too many podcasts to choose from. You got too many options. There's way too many options. But we appreciate y'all for rocking with all the way live. Live in the sense mm-hmm. that we are celebrating life. Exactly. Live in the sense. That we are celebrating, celebrating. Live in the sense that we are celebrating how good it feels to be black. Damn it. Feel good. Don't feel good. Mm-mm-mm, my favorite shit. Man, with that energy from Chicago, from SA, peace, love, water, we gone. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that was sweet.